So today I'm, I'm excited uh, that we've got Oakley here uh, getting baptised. It's going to be great. And it's doubly exciting because actually today is a really important day in our Christian calendar. Today is a day called Christ the King. Uh, and it marks kind of the end of our, our church year. Uh, now Jesus has got many titles and one of them is the King of Kings. And so today we remember Jesus as our King. And this got me thinking, what does baptism have to do with Jesus being our king? And as it turns out, quite a lot. One of the central threads running throughout the whole of the Bible is the kingdom thread. The kingdom thread. With the kingdom of heaven, which isn't a place, it's not just where you go, where you die, but it's what the world looks like when God is fully in charge and people are fully obedient to God's will. And so there's this thread called the kingdom thread that runs through the Bible. And the kingdom is in opposition to the way that the world is. And we can see the mess, can't we, at the moment with everything going on in the Middle East and Ukraine and everything. And as we read the Bible, the question that is posed to us, sometimes really obviously and sometimes in more subtle kind of underlying ways, is which kingdom do we want to be part of? Which kingdom do we want to be part of? And which king has our allegiance, more importantly? Because in the Bible, there's no gray areas when it comes to this. Our allegiance is either to Jesus or we reject him and choose the world. And baptism is an act of publicly declaring our allegiance. But for now, a seemingly quite random question. Has anyone ever been to um, one of those falconry displays? Anyone been to one of those falconry displays? You know the ones I mean. So you go to like Warwick Castle in the summer um, and you get those. Yeah, it's like school. You can put your hand up. It's good. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, those things, they have like a Warwick Castle and things like that. And you know what they do? They always start off, don't they, with like the least impressive birds and then they kind of gradually like build up into something that's more and more kind of impressive. Uh, and they're always run by somebody, aren't they? This kind of the guy with the death wish who's got the leather glove holding pieces of meat, waiting for things to kind of dive bomb him. Um, but these, these displays are always amazing because you get to see these incredible creatures that you wouldn't normally get to see. And as I say, they, they always start with the small things and work towards the more impressive. And at the end, they bring out you know, the, the, the bald eagles and they bring out the condors and the massive, uh, the massive things. The powerful, the impressive, the elegant, the strong birds with two-inch talons that can kind of kill a squirrel from a hundred yards away just by looking at it. Now, what on earth has this got to do with kingdoms, allegiances, and baptism? Well, when a new Caesar was enthroned, and you've got to remember the Middle East at the time where Jesus was around, was a time where the Roman Empire was, was all around and kind of covering and uh, oppressing these people. And when a new Caesar was enthroned, there were these priestly people called augurs. I don't know if you've got a picture of one up there. Possibly, yeah. So this is, a, this is a, an auger with a sacred chicken. Apparently that's a thing. Um, so, so yeah, there were these particular priests called augurs. And um, basically what they would do is they would look at birds. They'd look at sacred chickens and they'd look at other animals and the way that they fly and the way that they peck. And from this, they would kind of make assessments of how good the new king was going to be. Okay, it's a bit like kind of doing a horoscope and working out whether Rishi Sunak's going to be any good at his job or not. It's that kind of thing. But there was a lot of kind of weight placed on this. Um, people really kind of believed the words uh, of augurs. And so there's things called augury happened where people uh, looked at the birds and worked out 
what, what the next Caesar was going to be like. And because this was such a big part of Roman culture, um, Caesars often wanted to be associated with a particular kind of bird, their favorite bird. And there's one uh, historian that wrote this. Uh, he said, of the birds known to us, the eagle is the most honorable and also the strongest. The eagle became the bird of emperors. And so interesting, this, this association of birds and augurs with the enthronement of kings is still with us today. So augur is the root of the word inauguration. So when our king was inaugurated, it's, it dates back to all this stuff with birds and looking at the sky and what's the king going to be like. Even to the point where Charles, when he was enthroned, they had a, a, a vase, a gold kind of thing with ointment on it, and it had an eagle on top of it. So that thing there held the ointment um, that they, they used to anoint King Charles with, and it all dates back to this augury um, thing. Uh, and so, but, but Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized, not when he was your age, but Jesus was baptized when he was about 30. And um, it says in the Bible that when Jesus was baptized, uh, that he had a bird of choice as well. It says that when Jesus was baptized, he went under the water, came up again, and then something, some, some presence, some spirit of God descended on Jesus like a bird, which deeply impressive, intimidating, powerful bird did God choose to uh, be uh, emblematic of his son, this great ruler that had come into the world. Does anyone know what bird it was out of interest? A dove. It was a dove. Does anyone know the, the difference between a dove and a pigeon, by the way? Does anyone know the difference between a dove and a pigeon? It's weird, isn't it? I, I've never just thought about this. Apparently, there is a difference. A dove is a small pigeon, okay, basically. It's a kind of a slightly different thing. So God didn't even choose a pigeon for Jesus. He chose a small pigeon. It was deeply unimpressive in terms of the birds. You know, if you went to a falconry display and the guy was there with his thing and he had a few pigeons, you would be underwhelmed. Uh, safe to say. What does this tell us about Jesus and this king as I come into land now? What does it tell us about his kingdom? Well, while kings and rulers and leaders of this world are concerned with power, military posturing, all the stuff that we see about at the moment, you know, there's so much, isn't there? Who's got the, who's got the biggest army? Who's got the biggest talons? You know, who can show off with all their ships and their whatever? The kingdom of heaven is counter to this, profoundly counter. It is not an eye for an eye. It's not a tooth for a tooth. It's not about showing off. And when a person is baptized, as Oakley is going to be in just a moment, it's a conscious decision by that person and all their family to choose to come under the rule and reign of an entirely different king to choose a radically different way of life, to choose to not be concerned with power and wealth, image, but to choose a path of gentleness and a path of humility. Friends, today I want to encourage you to uh, reject the way of the eagle and to embrace the gentle way of the dove. Amen. Amen. Okay.